0: Hey, everybody, and welcome. Good morning. This is Tavo D'Arcy, Apostle T. And when we say the word apostle, it's to draw attention to that word because we know it's a big red flag to the Christian community. But I teach intergenerational cross-body unity, everyone being on the same page, and we're not under a certain group or any person as Paul was with lower servant leader, no big a apostle. So I'm teaching it to build new vocabulary or new understanding of older vocabulary in the Christian community. So we're saying it's not a red flag when somebody says they're an apostle. That means if they have it in their heart right, it's got to be behind the scenes with God how they mean it. And God tells me to use it intentionally to stir up that red flag of purpose for future noble Berean body purposes, but our style, when I say it, it means I see myself as a Christian chief apostle, but it's a lowercase servant leader, meaning that when you have a call to birth something in the Lord, a work for the Lord, a movement or whatever ministry, then you are the chief apostle over the work. And if you're in office, which this is, then you have to have it commissioned from the Lord and understand it that it's supposed to do the work of the Lord, not to build anyone's personal kingdom or their name or reputation. In fact, it's the opposite. A lot of times the real chief apostle, the organic chief apostle, like Paul, we're looking at Paul as our mentor. He says, you know, God fashioned me into his minister. He made me. He made me through shipwrecks and siftings and all sorts of provings and testings into his minister office. So that's how I teach. So today we're going to talk about defragging accusation in Christian ministry. And, you know, the thorn in my flesh has been because I love the body of Christ, men and women. I love, I'm very diverse. In fact, my energy is very diverse energy for the people because I deal with a lot of African-Americans, brown-skinned people all my life. So when I was led by the Spirit, age 24, to study His body of Christ around the nation from that time to this, I had not been a charismatic or one that spoke in tongues. I didn't know about prophecy. I was a Baptist. But I had the heart to learn what the Lord wanted me to know. So I'm for the book of Acts. I'm pro, pro all different kinds, speaking in tongues and not. And I do believe in it. I do have the experience and I'm for it very much. But I also need now to really represented as low-key, as thoughtful, perceptive, compassionate, equal opportunity, really diverse with everybody respecting, because it should not be a one-size-fits-all theology in Christian ministry. Why? Because there's a lot of mammon seeking in ministry. There's a lot of mammon seeking, which was not there at the beginning before this last age has concluded. Now we're in the new age. So we're going to talk because I can speak from a rational point of view, a very rational point of view, and a very uh, experienced point of view, because when I was raised by my pastor father, he was mature and healthy emotionally. There was no law. There was no dark doctrine, no racism. He respected my mother. They were equals. They had like, when I in hindsight, in Ephesians 5, 21, 522 marriage where it was each one walking in mutual submission in the fear of the Lord and the husband, you know, chain of command tiebreaker, that type of thing. So it wasn't like this big thing, woman thou art, you know, little peon or whatever thou shalt not You're, you know, need to be controlled. And that is in there. So I didn't, I didn't understand it when I came across it. And it wasn't till I got into what you call the, the charismatic movement, certain ones, not all mostly the ones that teach on prophecy, move the gifts. It's when I got into that, I found that beneath the wonderful Holy Spirit, the wonderful music, the wonderful good things, and these were not diverse either. I noticed that they were not really black. In fact, the black people have not been my nemesis, like the spirit is on some of this type of white you know, movements. So I didn't notice, but I noticed I'd be like typecast. And I went, whoa, I've never been in around this. What is it? So I started to typecast them back when I started to feel that spirit, that judging spirit. And it was usually when I studied, here's how I typecast. If I'm getting racially profiled, but it turned out it's my own color, the only kind. I thought, well, I'm going to see what I, I just show up. I just showed up calm, normal, natural, friendly, but diverse inside, I can represent the black person, because whatever's on me in this ministry, all colors. So I'd show up, and I'd start to get this silent treatment. I'd start to get this back off, and I I thought, well, let's study the kind that I'd stir this up. You know, Jesus stirred up the uh, Pharisees his new movement stirred up the old culture (laughs) and they had gotten really mammon-centric. They were known as the hireling priesthood, one historian said, because they had gotten through the Old Testament. The Pharisees of Jesus' day were really in the Edomite, more outnumbering the Edomites that had infiltrating, starting with the word of the Lord to Isaiah and Obadiah, really Obadiah and the Old Testament. The priesthood of God's people had gotten off and they were gotten legalism, so now Jesus comes and he's a free spirit, he's untamed, he represents his father, he's not back under the law, he's not typical, he's the maverick, because he knows the system, he's been around it, he was raised under it, but he wasn't a part of it in his spirit, he was called to a new day, and I'm called to this new day to help everybody. So we're doing that as a similar sign to teach on it. Well, once I had gotten into the studying You know, like I go, if I find something that the Lord had said through the 40 years or more of me studying his body, his diverse body, he said, if you come across something three times or more that hurts people or hurts my good name, then you teach on it. That's why I'm teaching on it. So when I started to get racially profiled in only certain groups that turned out to be my color, I started to examine their doctrine and I started to examine me. Is it me or them? And that's how I found false teaching, I found the accuser, and I found over-the-top Jezebel, conscious, witch-watching, all these things in the charismatic movements. So I believe we have to teach it now and retrain it. There's a lot of ignorance and a lot of abuse. There's a lot of character assassinations and evil eye. There's a lot of weird stuff that makes Jesus look dark that make him look unsafe disrespectful demeaning biased and misogynist so when i've studied this for decades and had plenty of time to you know evaluate both all kinds that do and don't i thought you know let's just start all over and teach human doctrine because a lot of the people that do this type of typecasting and i got stereotyped a lot when i was they had a lot of teaching in their doctrinal bath waters about Jezebels and witches. And I call it, because I studied, I'm more positive, I call it enthroning. They give power to it by putting their negative faith in it. The leaders do to see one. I call it enthroning Jezebel. And I've thought this since the 90s when I started to notice this doctrine. This doctrine also usually includes a lot of Roman patricianism, elevated elite, uh, it also is not very dark and it is a lot of bias. I never it's like the e a lot of it, some of it has gotten off into the Eli Templeite priesthood, certain kinds, the Welt, Western European Levitical Patriarchism, which are shepherding my nightmare, the uh Alexander Coppersmith to this movement here. So we're gonna try to teach it and say, yes, you did need to deal with what the real vocabulary means when you say that word because you are really a lot of people are maligning people falsely accusing what i noticed this group they do they think they have pure hearts but really they will use their prophetic gifts and spy people and discern them from far off and never interact or relate and that is my really big deal they are not submitted to god's whole counsel where you really love everybody equally and you, if you have a bone to pick, if you think they're off, then you need to dialogue with them according to Matthew 18, 15, one to one up front, confront respectfully or reprove, and then humbly, humbly, Galatians 6, 1, go meet with them and set them straight. And I've never, ever had one person that has done this to me and many others, that religious spirit, it is a religious spirit. So we're just going to have to teach and train it You know, the Bible says that in the New Testament, when God God gave the good news, the good news, the gospel to the ignorant and untrained men, the leaders, the ignorant and untrained men, my thought was, yeah, we're all ignorant and untrained in a lot of ways, more ways than we, you know, than one. He said, but my thought was he didn't intend for us to stay that way. So that's why I'm teaching and training. And this is about legalism. You can have nouveau legalism from the newest move. Anybody can do it. It's a lot out there. So we're for just defragging accusation. Many times you find that this Jezebel spirit, which is around our nation, I've been in many, 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 many decades, and also sent to many hot spots where these really, you know, are the organic wells and the, where this comes from. And there's certain ones that come from. Um, like a a denomination that's mostly white in Missouri, and then there could be there could be the big I think the more the more character assassinating ones are the ones maybe from Florida, and that that accuser of the brother and the mother and by typecasting but not speaking is really not healthy. God is not going to settle for that. Why read O to Welp at the top of onlinefellowship.us Ode to Welp. That is my own personal experience when I first discovered it. Who'd have known? I'm a Baptist. I'm not really a Baptist Baptist, but I'm part of me that's grounded and that respects all people, that's down to earth, relatable, approachable, down to earth, real life, realistic, and pragmatic is Baptist. I think that was a great, thank God for you. An evangelist, thank God for Baptist, like Billy Graham on up, all right. However, I love Holy Spirit, but I don't want it to be spooky and we don't want it to be like the ode to wealth because of, here's the topic, you can have doctrinal bathwaters everywhere you go, conferences, moves of God, local churches, house churches, you're going to have doctrinal bath waters. And the doctrinal bath waters are not always known. You know, when you take a bath, you want to make sure you're taking a bath in clean water. There's nothing that's going to stick on you or cause you to have germs or disease, you know, a little rubber ducky floating on the top. But you going to be safe and healthy. This is where we're teaching. So you go in, let's say I'm going to a move of God. I've never been before. It's a ministry. And you think, man, they're so wonderful. I hear the Holy Spirit. It's full of joy. It's full of this rest. And I can hear the music is so good. The band is great. Thank God. But if you go there, you're just getting a little taste of the doctrines. Because what happens is relationships. What happens? Are the relationships when you inspect them from the staff to the teachers, to yourself, to the other people that are following them, devout followers, are, what are the relationships like? Are they healthy, respectful, equal opportunity, demeaning, spooky, gossiping, all sorts of things. It's the relationship issues with no fear of the Lord. The holy fear of the Lord gone is what our mission is to correct this. So when I got typecast and I still can, the whelp spirit knows me. It is a spirit. So if I go into, let's say, an African American church, they'll smile, they'll be, you know, nice. Also, I have the spirit of might on me. I do have that spirit of might on me. All right, but it's a gentle, calm might, very James, you know, James 317, easily entreatable, full of mercy and the oil of joy and gladness. I have a lot of you know, so I'm always very dignified because I'm always When I go in, it's my Baptist, you know, just good background, healthy background. I know it's not my turf. If I go into another church, ministry, or anywhere, I know I'm visiting. So I will discern the boundaries of the leaders, and I'll abide by it like I always have 250% of the time. It is just that these spirits, these icky spirits, know you, and they can come after me, or they'll cause the stare, or whatever, just weird doctrine. Off doctrine, because it's a relationship disrespect devaluing false teaching. If it accuses a person sitting there for their look, their color, their, their hair, their style, or their energy, it's taking it too far. Crazy medic. it gets gone to crazy medic, charismatic. That's why I'm out of the charismatic movement, because it gotten too much of this. Too many False teachings, accusations, name callings, weird practices, over-enthroning Jezebel, putting more power in it, not even teaching balanced healthiness. It made it like all women and no men. So we just pull back. I pulled me out in 2012, and I dropped my nonprofit, which is the International Fellowship of Foundational Ministries, based on two he, uh, Ephesians 2, 19-21, where Paul says that the church, God's church, is built upon the teachings of the oracle offices the apostles and the prophets which i'm both of those with jesus as the cornerstone so i'm going to teach back and because that was a rough the most rough period i've ever had in my life was back in 2013 really the whole time in dallas but it taught me how to be brave and strong and to really critique but not criticize to assess yet not accuse doctrines and be frank to correct. All right. So when I'm going to teach the IFM, I'm going to bring it back. I don't know if it's a nonprofit. We're not, we're just doing it because I was called and sent to be the overseer of that. All right. So what we don't want to do is have more accusation and sin spying. There's enough of that. When I think of needed reasons to teach human doctrine, core basic human doctrine, because I have been sent all my life to the grassroots ministry, all my life. Now I've been in a lot of mega, lots of mega, I can tell systems and legal, you know, all that's different things, but I am really happier with the down to earth, approachable real people. And therefore I right know I'm out with hay and stubble, like you are, we all have hay and stubble. I do, you do, we just have to evaluate that's another point. My point is to say, I'm going to submit all my findings and my talk as Sela, respectful Sila, not dogma. You can pick it apart, analyze it, see if it's really true, see if it lines up with the Bible or not. I'll do the same with your doctrine. And that's how we do it. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing. It should be family. All right, but it's how we disagree that is so important. So let's keep it to James three seventeen fruit, even if we disagree on theology, and that will help save society and our families and our all the warfare from the fellowship of, of the saints really. Um, so we, we speak to real people and real people is where relationship rubber really meets the road if it's a true church they're going to enjoy and try to work through their relationships. It's going to resemble more of the community, like Paul said to resemble in Ephesians four, everyone. This is not taught, so I'm teaching it. Everyone walking in neatness and lowliness and long suffering, to keep the endeavoring to keep the bonds of peace in unity, to be a witness and a testimony to the community. Read that whole chapter; it tells you why a transformed body of Christ, knowing their common doctrine, no legalism, not under the law knowing their freedom, but not license, not PC, and they transform itself, it gets the attention of the secular world, which is what we need right now. In my experience with just the Jezebel spires that don't speak, that are under the law, that are just fault-finding, I mean, using stereotypes, I call it, after my research, God allowed God has allowed me to learn this by His grace. <laughs> I'm not spooky one bit. you can ask me anything you always could have. You could talk to me. I'm very frank and ups, you know not upset about anything. I'm just fed up with not being able to get near the Holy Spirit and there's disease in the doctrinal bath waters. That's all the disrespect and I speak for many and for God all right, and no fear of the Lord. all right, so when I think of the goal. Our top goal is to get everybody ready, including ourselves, to go to heaven in case God comes soon. But if they die young, we don't want them to miss it and go the wrong place, right? That's the bottom line of every teaching. And otherwise, don't call yourself a church. Don't call yourself a ministry if that's not your bottom goal, all right? The other part is to walk it out and be a witness and a testimony to your family, to your friends, to society. That's Ephesians 4. Otherwise, why bother? You're, you know, if you're a fault finder, you are not submitted to doing walking it out in Ephesians 4 fashion and or without easily entreated James 317, you're back under the law or a nightmare. So when I'm out with relationships, I'm out with different kinds of ministers because I'm for the body. We teach the organism, the whole body of Christ, all colors, not blue state, not red state, just hearing God for yourself and being there for each other and the Lord. I think, well, um, wow, I didn't know that. You know, before Dallas, I had only met a little bit when I went toward the Holy Spirit moves of the elite Jezebel conscious and also patrician elite aristocracy and the seeking, not speaking, but using their perceiver gift to judge you and accuse you but never speak no relationship at all just convenient using that psychic or spirit so I looked it up that's when I found vocabulary spectral evidence do you realize that in the tracing back of movements I remember the shepherding movement came out in the 70s new one magazine I'd like new wine magazine because I was it was the start of charismatic movements it was really well written When they got into shepherding, I knew it was wrong. It's controlling and off. So I stopped it. That was from Florida. All right. Then I didn't think about it because I wasn't involved in anything that had it until the prophetic moves came in in the 90s, more my way, at least where I was. So I didn't know that with the Holy Spirit, you get a whole package. It can be underlying Jezebel, suspicious, fault-finding, gossiping false witness bearing. I mean, I have evidence from people and board members I've had. There's different things that would make me realize, wow. So I researched and I thought, now how does it get to here in a Christian community? How do we deal with this? And I thought of, it's the same spirit. It is a, a demonic spirit that came over, it looks like, with the Puritans who were well Western European Levitical patriarchism, not all were false doctrine or woman haters, misogynists, backbiters, but evidently there were some that had ought against women, misogynists or control or just envy. I don't know what it is, but it's a spirit like Eli Temple that, dis- that disrespects and demeans women. So I thought, wow, the <laughs> spectral evidence, in the days of the Salem witch trials, they had certain leaders who were white males. Not all white males are like that. My daddy wasn't like that. A lot of men I know, are. are, are, are many white men are not, most but that group had a group in that group of LP, that means they would get their vibes, they would judge a person who was a female, a white female, and they would say she's a witch, accuser of being a witch. They didn't have any evidence except their dreams, their nightmares, their vibes. And that is called spectral evidence. You can Google that. Well, they used that spectral evidence in that day and time in the colonies to kill women. And to me, that fault-finding, misogynist spirit is out there now. And it's a lot of the, I hate to say it, charismatic red state well, that are we colonial. Through the years, I've had to develop vocabulary to teach with for the new generation. Because, you know, right now on TV for years, it's been that white Christian or white is racist equals racist. Well, I know I'm not a racist. I know my parents and most people I know, a lot of Christians are not racist. And I know, you know, you can have black racists and white racists. I know most black people are not racist. All right. So to teach vocabulary for the children for good health. Back in Dallas, where I first noticed it huge, I thought, wow, how come I go to certain kinds of groups and they flare up and they're prissy and they're, see see, you know, they won't speak, but they got that spirit, mean spirit. And I thought, I'm white, they're white, what is it? And so I started to do my uh, racial profiling on them. That's when I found out they are a red state, we colonial, We centric, that means we are the world colonial used to owning people, you know, and used to being over everybody. That doctrine wants to be over everybody, including me. So as I realized I didn't come from that, a lot of Christians that are white and respectful are not like that. And those people are not demon conscious. And I'm not either. And I thought, well, what's my difference? What is my energy? What is the energy on this person, human person? Why does it stir up that whelp spirit, the white whelp spirit? And I realized, you know what, my energy's different. I have a much more diverse call all my life. I've always had a racial, anti-racial thing. And I've always hung with black people real well. They like me, they get me. I have a, a real rhythm, a rocking side and a power side, but I'm not a controller and I'm not, well, I'm not gonna be my controlled. I've had to study how not to be controlled because of you. You know a lot of this t- false, false teaching. So now I'm going to teach on Jezebel, because when you get out in the rank and file, I tell you, there's some pitiful, poor me, pitiful beliefs about females and women and false teaching in a lot of Christian ministry that have sort of been in the last generation that maybe grew up mama's boy or grew up ego or grew up tv affected you know we think we're going to be the minister the famous minister so we're going to have two people or 50 people and you know we are the next greatest and so I've dealt with that for a lot in this generation so I thought let's just start all over many people it seems in the Christian white community white community spirit-filled tongue talker appear to believe that because they were taught and fed that Eve was deceived that now all women are prone to be deceivers and Jezebel's that's their excuse so with human doctrine I've already started parts one and two laying a foundation to say no Eve was deceived by the accuser but Adam was given the, the um, charge and command not to either that true before Eve was formed and he willfully partook. He chose his wife over God. He was given chain of command, the first option. God went to him and said, Adam, where are you? Not Adam and Eve. So I've done a lot of homework because it is blame shifting. One of the fruits of the garden fall, the carnal fall, was the accuser comes in. God confronts Adam, falls, and starts to resemble the accuser. He ducks and avoids, manipulates, tries to con God, and then he blame shifts. That woman, you, she gave me that fruit. It's her fault. I also have to point out, Eve was formed out of Adam's DNA. That means she's his equal. She's not second rate. She's not chattel. She's not dumb. She's got the equal. John just wants chain of command. Also, when I teach Adam and Eve, you point out prior to the law, there was no need for law, no ego either, that God loved having a relationship with Adam. And when Adam and Eve came along, God valued that relationship because he told him first, don't eat of that tree. And he went to Adam saying, hopefully, Adam, will you fess up and say it happened on my watch? But he didn't. So that's why I can teach chain of command, marriage in the New Testament about, hey, it's equal. There's chain of command. It's not control. It's not one stupid, one dumb, one easily used. And when I was out in the deep Southwest, I think I sunk to the lowest, lowest bar, lowest, lowest type of ministry Christian, quasi Christian I had ever seen because I'm in the rank and file. I didn't. I saw really quality. I wasn't always out with them, but when I tried to find places that were fellowshiping and equally, look, listen, there is not a lot of equal yoking if they're under the law or if they're out, if they're not to be trusted or they're con artists or they're slippery snakes or they've got false teaching and all women are under them. I mean, it's really pretty bad, pretty awful. So God is going to judge that, but I don't want them to have to go through that. So we're teaching. If you go out there and you're by yourself and I had been forced to divorce Malachi two, first Corinthians seven 15. I had no voice, no counsel, no praying, no Bible. I was out there. Thank God. I had known God before I went. I had, great parenting, no abuse. I respect men. I've always been trustworthy. I've always been one that is, you know, never had issues with men except those who try to control me (laughs) and that are slippery. So I had to watch out, watch out. And I watched what was in their doctrinal bath waters. And a lot of this comes from that. I'd never had the evil projection that a female who had been divorced was tight cast and judged and accused never spoken with as a real person everything that i lived was accused because of the law and false teaching and crude rudeness disrespect even vile behavior in the dfw ministry certain part really bad so i just got you know i had the joy of the lord despite went online this is where we're teaching, because even though I'm not there, I'm sent there by, I'm still sent to them. But I know that that was a giant, huge population because it's that big. That's That DFW is huge. It's bigger population than most states. Something came out the other day. It showed that DFW population was here, and all these states were the same population, but DFW is just one area. So I'd seen a ma- macrocosm when it is still everywhere in these kinds of movements in a microcosm or even mega ministry whatever so we're not tolerating this because it is a jezebel spirit i gotta get into this part about defragging the jezebel teaching because that is it so i had to lay a stage so they in the back of their minds their country law back in the hills boondocks former day minds comes the old teaching to the my age the next age to the sage ministers. Yeah, all the women are just like that. All the women. All the watch out. Better watch out, young men. Better watch out. It's, she's prone to be deceived. She's in one of them. It was so horrible in Dallas. The scripture came, you know, there are going to be a lot of lust filled women that men take advantage of. There are going to be a lot. So, watch. It. So, some of these guys, some of these hoodie guys that were bl- white, And ministry, you thought, man, they're looking for the loophole. They're looking to use a woman because they think they're already waiting for it. She's already filled with lust waiting for it. It was disgusting. It was shocking. I thought, well, here's the other teaching. That's why I'm teaching it. Please teach your ministers, Christians. So I thought, here they are going on the scripture, looking for the loophole, looking for love in all the sick places. All right. It's the lustful woman. Oh, yeah, by herself, alone, divorced. They have no clue who they're talking to. They have no clue who they meeting. They have no clue who I am. All right. So it's demeaning. It's despicable. It's debasing. It's really it it goes on under con artist ministry. It is that user in bed. All right. So you think they're teaching on the lust-filled women that the men, you know, that scripture somewhere in the New Testament says there are women that are lust-filled and they're, you know, the men can be taken. It's like, well, what about they're talking? Why aren't they addressing the men, these men who take advantage of them? It's both. (laughs) So I will, but not now. All right. Let us look at the two main Bible verses when we're teaching doctrine and we're spying Jezebels. We want to make sure we're really pure in heart and got it right. You don't want to get into where you're just enjoying it. See, when I was in the 90s discovering this, <laughs> and I noticed I was scanned and never spoken, and I was getting scanned and withstood and glared at. I went up to say hello to one famous mega minister at the time. I had a celebrity minister. I didn't know this turf. I just I'd been up in Richmond and it was fine. You know, I say hi. No one, shot, no one acts horrified or unfriendly. So I went down there to say hello and thank you for the good conference. So I went up and this famous head guy, he looked at me and went, and he, went, he shook. <laughs> it was like, like happened four or five times with their canteen. And I went, there for the grace of God go I. So I thought this has made me think, if I'm getting ready, this is disgusting and disturbing to note that in the name of Jesus Christ following. This is a Christian ministry, all right? On behalf of the many women and the other people that they must do this to, I will study their dock water, their bath waters and I will see on behalf of everyone else what the Lord is teaching me. And that's how I started teaching, learning this. So I started, what is in there? You know, the women I noticed that were there, the regular ones look oppressed. I was not oppressed. all right. Maybe that's the reason I scare them. So then I I looked and I thought, well, you know, in their library back then, they were selling a lot of books on Jezebel. And see, that will make the whole group inbred and in all their mood. I noticed these people in the same kind of occult. Now they're occult. Some of these are cults, not cult like Jim Jones, not that sinful, but just the same conformity and a spiritual veil on that negative veil. I thought, well, this group only seems to tolerate people that look like them, And they only are white, red, and they only hang with the flow from the nation and that speak, and they're all looking alike. So that is your choice. Everybody can do what they say, but I watch because I have to be affected because I'm just wanting to hear the Holy Spirit and I'm getting more than a boatload beside the Holy Spirit. That's why I train. All right. So I, noticed how much they sold Jezebel books. That means they were looking for it. And then there is a heightened, in the same basic kind of charismatic group, prophetic groups, there is this consciousness of, we're going to see one. And I had been up there in the Central Virginia, that's when I first learned it too, seeing and scanning for them and always hyper about it. And see, I don't come from that. Also, I've been through Word of Faith before that they're not like that word of faith don't do it vineyard don't do it to my knowledge i mean i've been with a lot of spirit filled that are not doing that so thank god so when i teach on holy spirit that's my main thing then i have to clear the land like the apostle does i'm sent to teach on it as a trained chief apostle of this ministry so i've got to teach on it because this is doctrinal bathwater, huge error okay so I noticed that what I call being a positive person, empowered person, not a moody, drained person, but a happy person that can go into the seer realm, just like Elijah, a real prophet. I am a real prophet seer, but I'm not, whatever, full of, you know, I try not to be full of myself. I'm a happy person. One foot on the ground, Baptist. At the, You know, thank God for that upbringing. All right, Christian first, not really a Baptist or anything cross body, unity is our kind, all right, so I thought, well, I'm going to just start to analyze this, because I was sent to Florida, and Florida, and Florida, and Florida, went to Tulsa, went to all the up and down, and I noticed that this certain kind of group, the same field of ministry had this in it, this wealth spirit, so I just thought I will train on it, so what I call it is, because I know faith, if you build yourself up, with faith for good things, good quality things, it'll happen sooner or later. If you have yourself building up your most holy faith with two or three or five or 500, and they're doing the same for good things, it's most likely to happen even more. So therefore, if you go to the Dark side, anything, you, you know, we're looking for Jezebel's. We're looking for people who are going to subvert our authority that are unsubmitted, that are, that are, you know, like they're evil just for showing up. You know, we're going to, we're going to be ready, keeping our turf. And you have one do it, five do it, 50 do it, 300, a thousand doing it. Cause they're all learning the same thing, not learning anything but that then they build a negative faith collectively for the wrong, for, to always see them. So I'm trying not to, I'm trying to defrag that and make that come down to not hang anybody, but to also not hang our false faith. We don't want to attract that. I mean, that's just weird. So when you look at the two teachings of Jezebel, it's going to be First Kings 16, Revelation 2, Church of Thyatira. All right. We're gonna look at that. I have to say this, if I walk in to this kind of group, this kind of certain group, because of my energy, global energy, not a we-centric, we are the world colonial, but a we global, that's my other vocabulary word I'm training. I'm a we global, hang with all colors. Don't have to be over anybody, even though I'm the overseer. I'm not the overseer, slave master, no, not at all. That's fascism in the Christian sense, all right it's false doctrine, that's all. So I go in there and I am just like to be part of the, you know, community, team, fun. I love to be with the people of God, I really do. So I don't have to be famous, I can just go in there, but I like to also get off, take off from my ministry because I have a lot of stuff and I like to visit with the saints. So if I get judged or accused by my countenance and it happened more than 15, 25 times at least, more than much in the, around the United States, I've noticed their doctrine and I noticed they have a few white black people in there and I noticed that when I told a black person African-American Pentecostal Bishop and his wife what happened he said oh they do it to me too so it is a racist thing as well so let's get on with the basic human doctrine of three things first if you're gonna say You teachers, if you accuse or submit, I'm submitting this, if you say that all the women are the Jezebel, only women are Jezebels. They're only the only ones that dominate, do all these things. Then what about Genesis 3 and Revelation 12? Two scriptures that say the gender of the accuser, Satan himself, is the male do I say, do we dare say all men are accusers, all patriarchs are accusers? No, but it may be a tendency because God did instate state the order chain of command to be mostly males, and to be males, even in starting in the garden, not in a dominating, controlling manner, but just keeping order. But do I say all men are accusers? no. There could be women that are accusers too. So therefore, do I say all men or all women are Jezebels? Do I demean all women and say they're all like this? They're all lust filled. They're all weak-willed women, easily used? No. Do I say all men are Eli Templeai priesthoods, full of themselves? No. So why would I dare say and train that all women Jezebels. All certain kinds of women are Jezebels, and that is in the field like you would not believe it. It is overseer controlling also. It's a very controlling and see whelp, Western European Levitical patriarchs, has its subservient underlying helpers and friends, the whelm, the females. I call them barking matriarchs, authoritarians, (laughs) because they're not really really respectful. They're just like the same way, Um, they don't discern me correctly at all. None of these people have. So wealth is Western European Levitical matriarch. And that's why I say I'm not a matriarch. My daddy wasn't a patriarch. I am a maven. If you need an M word, I'm a maven. A a, a maven is a, a, what do you call it? A connoisseur. I'm a connoisseur of theology. All right. Let's go over now and defrag, really teach the teaching on Jezebel number one. Number one. All right. First Kings 16. So we're back in the day. And it says verse 16, oh, excuse me, chapter 16 of First Kings verse 23. In the 30 and first year of Asa the king of Judah, this is king of Judah, Omri began to reign over Israel, 12 years, and he was known, I'm skipping down to 25, and Omri wrought evil in the eyes of the Lord and did worse than all that were before him. For he walked in all the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and in his sin wherewith he made Israel to sin to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger with their vanities, so he's proud, haughty, superior, and Omri, turned out, was the worst Baal worshiper and idolater the nation of Israel ever had, up into that point, right? That's the foundation, because soon, King Omri has little baby boy Ahab, and that's where we're getting to it, all right? So we're looking now at 1 Kings, and it says, verse 16, verse 28, So Omri slept with his fathers... And was buried in Samaria, the unholy place, and Ahab, his son, reigned in his stead. And this is where it gets big. Verse 29, in the 30 and 8th year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria for 22 years. Verse 30. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the light sight of the Lord above all who were before him. So his daddy was bad and he was worse. All right. 31. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebad. And he took to wife. Here it is. He took. Ahab takes a wife called Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians. And he went and served Baal and worshiped him. All right. So here we have, we're unpacking this. Ahab comes down from a demonic lineage. He is raised, though, in Israel where they all know the law, what's right. They've got scribes and teachings and this, you know, all these things are going on. They have all these things that he know what's right. And he knows, do not marry outside the Hebrew faith. That is a big rule. Do not intermarry with the foreign face. So, what does he do? You know, because I'm trying to make it plain that it was a willful intention. He was not deceived. Adam was not deceived. Both of these are willful participations. All right. So, what happened was he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians. All right. So, he literally willfully chose to depart from the law, the Hebrew law, and he willfully went over to King Ethbaal. You know he's got to worship Baal if his name is King Ethbaal. And he asked for his daughter's hand, Jezebel, to marry him, willfully chose to do it, depart from obeying God's full law, all right? So he goes over there, and now we realize what he's got on his hands. A lot of people in this teaching around charismatic America, usually sweet baby Jesus prone, oh poor Ahab, he was so henpecked. poor weak Ahab, you know, he's got that mean lady, that old mean woman, she's just dominating and filled the devil's just like all women, she's going to control him, it's poor old, see this is what we got here, the old victim Levitical patriarch, all right, so Ahab is man enough be king. He's man enough to be under the law and rebel against it. He's man enough to go over there and ask for the false doctrine king's daughter who's raised among devils, not under the law. She's not trained by the Jewish law. She's got whatever freestyle plus devils and does what she wants to do, and that is who he willfully participates, all right? However, Ahab was weak as well. He really was weak because it says he's weak about God. He was weak about not the lady, but God, right? So he goes over, it says, in 31 of chapter 16 of 1 Kings, it says he went over, he asked for Ethbaal's daughter, hand in marriage. He went over and he served Baal and worshipped him. It's similar to Adam. Maybe he worshiped Baal because he wanted to, but maybe he just wanted to please his wife, like Adam wanted to please Eve by taking the fruit. It's a weak-willed wuss issue. It really is, All right? It's an Ishmael issue versus an Isaac. And Isaac means laughter, Ishmael means pitiful, despair. All right. After that, he reared up, Ahab reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. So he's gone all out to the dark side. And verse 33, it says, And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the God of Israel to anger than all of the kings of Israel before him. Now, see, we have all the teaching that comes down, Oh, poor Adam, I mean, poor the poor Adam too, but poor Ahab, oh, you know, he must have suffered. He must have suffered that weak-willed, you know, Ahab and that controlling, demonic, harlot Jezebel. That's what you get in the grassroots. That's what you get everywhere too much because it's the woman's fault. You know, it's the woman, the little, you know, the poor man victim and the woman did it. So now I know we can teach it right that everybody's got their, you know, if he had not have married her, who was not even a believer, just think of all the trouble that could have been stopped. How the Lord would have been pleased. The land would have been spared. Elijah wouldn't have had to run 40 miles outrun the chariot. Okay, so that's the first point about Ahab. It was willful participation. Next, let's go over to, Revelation 2, Church of Thyatira, Church O Thyatira, God is reproving and rebuking the lampstands of the day. And the lampstands are the pastors, the overseer apostles of the churches. And there's only one in the whole chapter 2, chapter 3 of Revelation, the seven chapters to the seven churches by the Holy Spirit is letters that he doesn't rebuke. And that is the Church of Philadelphia, the brotherly love walk church the only doors whose, the only church whose doors will never close read that one that's healthy with all this other stuff you know so let's go way over to revelation chapter two and we're going to go to the church of thyratira it says and to the angel this is john on the isle of patmos and until the angel of the church of tyra writes. These things, says the Lord God, who has his eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. This is the holy fear of the Lord. Like, you know, when you're standing there before the throne, there's no getting away. There's no doubt that he's God. All right. Holy fear of the Lord. Picture to this church who is in a fog of carnality and deception. Fear. Encased with fear. Okay. He says, the Lord says, I know your works and your charity. Oh, you're so sweet to people. You've got a homeless mission too, you know. I know your works and your charity and your service. You work hard. You do good things. You got faith faith filled. You got patience. You got works. And your works are last to be more than the first. Man, you've got a lot of stuff. I can hand it to you for that. But verse 20, notwithstanding... Even though all that good stuff, all the hurrahs and kudos, all right, notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because, here it is, because you tolerate, you suffer that woman Jezebel, (laughs) which calls herself a prophetess, and you let her teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed under idols. All right, this is the issue. All the people know all the time. Yes, it's the woman. She's dominating. She's div- you know, she's devilish, she's demonic, she's like sexual fornication, all permissiveness, promiscuity allowed. Well, that's true, it was happening. She was a female, in her earth suit of a female. She must have had a bad disposition that made her fierce so that she was so fierce that the head guy, the pastor of the lampstand, the prophet, the apostle, was too cowardly to deal with her. And that was the issue. The issue is we're not denying it's a female, but we're looking at who is God rebuking in Church of Thyatira. He's not rebuking the, he has not rebuked the Jezebel. He's rebuking the head leader for being too weak to go over and set her down, Matthew eighteen fifteen. One-to-one, set her down respectfully. Tell her to get out. Galatians 6.1, if she's in sin, reprove her. Get out. If you're that scared, you could go in Matthew 18.16. Take somebody with you. So what he's doing is reproving, and it's a lesson for all of us. All right? Fear of man. Fear of female brings a snare. All right? That's the old Bible. Those who trust in the Lord shall be safe. Proverbs 29.25 fear of person human brings a snare those who trust in the Lord shall be saved that means that male the lampstand pastor prophet and mature leader over a whole church was too frightened and too puny in his own heart too fearful not trusting in God but wavering that he was scared of a female a woman and so God rebukes him so that was the days then so we're teaching that God doesn't want anybody who's controlling you to do that and that if you are the office and they are in your line of command and you're, and you're submitted to your ministry, you are not to just talk about them, Talk and that's what they're doing. They all talk about you. They'll talk and pray against you and do it, but they won't confront. They don't do that. They're not submitted to God's whole counsel. That's why Matthew 18, 15, Galatians 6, 1, they don't ever do that. So when I teach it from the New Testament point of view, I know now that's a principle. The principle is to a leader because not all females and not all males are, not all males are accusers and not all females are dominating Jezebels. All right. Or vixens, whatever they think. But we're looking at the principle. In the old days, back when this was written, only the men, only the gentlemen were the top leaders. Now God is bringing out the stops and using anybody, everybody. So... If you're a female or male and it's a controlling, dominating human, male or female, black or brown, young person or old, you are to pray and ask God to get his counsel or even talk to somebody and say, now, what should I do? But don't hesitate to to confront them. Do not allow yourself to be controlled, and you do not control, and you don't character assassinate because you're too weak. Ode of Whelp is my example, top of online fellowship, too weak to confront. If everyone has thought, if somebody it is my opinion, <laughs> if they think, the kind that I trigger, they think I'm certain so-and-so character, they think my character is that demonic or whatever bad, witch-watching people. Uh, I've been waiting to see what they're going to do. I just watch them. I think, man, what are they going to do? Nobody, not a one of you have confronted me or asked my name. Not one of you have chatted with me, James three seventeen, easily entreated. When I'm sitting there, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy. But are you? <laughs> I'm the one that does confront. I confront people. I do. I'm respectful. I really am. So we're training values, we're training hearts, we're training character, pure hearts. We're training against stereotypes. I don't call every male an accuser. No, my father was the opposite. God is our role model, our character role model. When he confronts Adam, he doesn't accuse them. Only the accuser accuses, and he accuses God and everybody else. All right. So therefore, I have to say, I can't train that all females, that all men are Ahabs either. They're not all weak. Not Thank God they're not. We want them to be the opposite, the real person. We want them to be real, big. We do. So therefore, I can't say, oh, you know, all those women, just because you feel poor me and pitiful and not really good with women or something, you know, just weak. Don't say, oh, you know, they're all harlots. They're all mean. They're all, you know, they're all, they're the ones that come to undermine us there is a crowd that does this i don't know if they have lust issues or what but i i sort of wonder if they do if they've had what when i think of the eli temple I priesthood because they're my nightmare and they eli tolerated the good old boys network he tolerated boys will be boys ministry first samuel eli tolerated his sons who were his associate ministers on staff paid And he knew, as everyone in the community knew, that those men devalued and used women, leader women that came to the door. They slept with the women that came to the door. It was widespread. Also, they commissioned people, commanded people to give them the offering and put pressure on them. And they used it for themselves. And Eli was just like, oh, I'm in a dream world. Oh, my boys can do no wrong. Boys will be boys. That's out there. When the female, when God used a female, a lone female. By herself, showing up as a test to the Eli Prince, the Eli priesthood. Eli was sitting out there. He was older, you know, jaded. He was prone to make, you know, typecasts. So Eli was sitting out there, and this lone woman comes. Turns out it's Hannah, who's grieving because she's persecuted. Her husband went there, but he wanted her to go because he loved her more than the other wife. Hannah was being persecuted by the second wife because she had no children. So when this lone woman is, appears mysterious on the front porch of the temple, and she's grieving, she doesn't look too great, Eli shows what's in his heart. Instead of thinking, oh, I wonder what's wrong with her. Let me go see and assist. Instead, the first thing out of his heart was, oh, she's drunk. One more of those. He typecaster. her. This is huge. I am a typecast. I have been, I'm not a victim, I'm the opposite, but I do it, the Lord had said, if you see something three times or more that hurts people or hurts my good name, you teach on it, that's why I'm teaching on it, all right? And the Lord had told me through the years, don't take anything personally, take it prophetically, because I am a prophet. These are never brown or black, to my knowledge, ever to me, at least, these are white, not all white people. Many times the Eli did one of their, the wealth spirit is a poor me. It's a bit of a poor me, you know. And I think they, I think Eli and that whole group were misogynists. They didn't respect women. All right. So God, really, God sent the unknown prophet to Eli. Nobody knew his name. was faceless, nameless. He comes in one day from the Lord. He says, Ichabod. God says the glory of the Lord is departed from Israel in this nation and you are going to be gone. You're in your whole kind of crowd and I'm removing you out. And he did. And he brought in, ironically, the lone woman's son to start the new move. That was Samuel the prophet, the first prophet of the nation of Israel. All this is relationship. Everything you've heard me say today affects relationships and the fear of the Lord of males and females. All right. So we want to begin again, and I believe we can begin again, but we're going to have to clear out the false teaching. Like I said, you've got to assess people. There's nothing wrong with assessing and scanning because you don't know who is really out there. But then you don't just do this pitiful, you know, typecasting, never relating, and get ornery, and all this weird bias. So bias is what is not is not to be found in the houses of the Lord. It should not be found. We're for the body of Christ. We're for you as a team, me as a team. But we're for respect for all people. I teach against the respecter of person's spirit or the suspecter of person's religious spirit, which is what this is. And I'm saying, let's don't deal with that. Let's get rid of it. One thing I want to mention, though, before I forgot. I knew there was something. Revelation 2, Church of Thyatira if you want to go back and stir up the hornet about paul apostle paul and i'll deal with this another time as well apostle paul said men don't let your women shout out in church train them at home let them keep silent many people have said don't let any women speak in church, let all women be silent. That's what they've translated through the definite decades of this kind of teaching, Christian teaching. When I studied it, it says Paul said to the men, don't let your women shout out. It is my opinion, I'm not saying it's concrete dogma, it is my opinion, Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Peter sent to the Jews. The women and men were raised with discipline inner self-control, knowledge of what's right and wrong, and the law, them to abide by the law, all right, they're more educated. The Gentiles could be anybody from Romans, but it could be Cretans, Samaritans, it could be anybody, Temple Diana worshipers, people who are in the, you know, type of worship, all sorts of things, Cretans, And so these people treated women disrespectfully and the women were less educated and less treated as persons, more as devalued chattel or slaves. So it is my opinion that when all these people now, the hodgepodge of Gentiles started to come and attend the fellowships, that some of these women just had not been trained and they were shouting out. So to minimize time... To be effective, let's because Paul only had a certain, you know, he's only allowed to live and train for a certain while. To minimize time and energy, he said to the women, to the men, women, I mean, the women were shouting out the Gentiles. But he said, men, keep your wives quiet. Keep your, your women quiet and then teach them at home. Let the women be silent. Your women. It says your women. So look at that. So when I look at Church of Thyatira, Revelation 2. You notice that the man, the head patriarch, the head lampstand leader, had employed, invited, allowed a female to be on staff and train. So this female was allowed to be in a church, first church. And the only thing about the female, he picked the wrong one. He picked a dominating controller of false teaching, and that's the issue. So we have a lot of issues to really be worked on in ministry, really do, and hopefully I'm starting to uh, get people to really reevaluate and clear up a doubt about females and males and make it one by one. You know, one by one, we assess somebody. We need to. One by one, we're, gonna, we're born. One by one, we're going to die. One by one, we're gonna wake up and be alone before the Lord. And that's what really, I'm trying to work everybody so more people will be waking up with the Lord and not alone in the other dark place, that's it. So let's get on with this and let's have fellowshipping, true fellowshipping with the saints, trustworthy, safe, respectful, responsible, and equal opportunity, real respectful for the office of every human made in God's image. We have Teammate University, we have DFW Leader Online Ministry Ministry com. And we just uh, we just are thankful for you that you are here. If you have a question, feel free to write it. It's TCL Leader at Leader excuse me, TCL Leadership at Leader. Let's skip that one. I'll do the the short one. DFW Leader at gmail.com. God bless you. Bye bye.